Jesus and his disciples went on their way. Jesus came to a village where a woman named Martha lived. She welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary. Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was busy with all the things that had to be done. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, my sister has left me to do all the work by myself. Don't you care? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Really, only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Okay, welcome all the children. If you wouldn't mind, let the littler ones in front and the bigger ones be around back just so they can hear. Come up front a little bit more inside so I can see you and hear you. Um, I happen to be thinking about this this morning. Almost, I mean, almost everyone standing in front of me has a sibling, young and old. I mean, almost every one of you. Um, so I bet that there are times when you feel like you're doing more of the work than your sibling is doing. Does that ever happen? Yes. <laughs> no, that never happens? It's happened before. Um, this story was about two sisters. Did anyone catch their names? Rachel? Mary? What was the other one? Martha, Mary and Martha. And one of them was doing all the work and the other one was, was sitting with Jesus and talking of being with him. And I bet that there are times that you've had that happen. What I want you to think about is when you're in the situation where you and your sibling are together, and one of you feels like you're doing all the work, no matter what age, and the other is slacking around, that you might stop and think, sometimes when you're doing the work, you're giving a gift to the person who has the opportunity to be the listener. And sometimes when you're being the listener, it's a gift to the other person. So we share the work and we have to think carefully about when, when it's time to be the listener and just be present with somebody and when it's time to be busy doing the work so that the other one can be present. So it's something for all of you to think about. That's a way in which God sends us out into the world. That's one of the things that he does. He sends us out because he's awesome. Today, I am going to go out with all of you, and I invite all of those uh, youth volunteers from this past week to come also with me. We're going to go together with Miss Anne, I believe, and we're going to go out together, and then we'll come back together. Okay. It's an awesome... Oh, God. 
seated. One of the things historically that happens at my house is um, it's a house where, it's a home where we've done a lot of entertaining, whether it's a family Thanksgiving or Christmas or Easter or somebody's birthday or just a gathering of friends just to come over and hang out. We, Dave and I, have always felt that our home was given to us by God and was meant to be shared with people. So we have people over a lot, and I continue to have people over a, a lot since Dave has died. And, and so basically, getting ready for, um, for an event when, when folks were coming, I'd create, and still do, a little punch list of everything that needs to be accomplished before our, our guests show up, my guests show up. And it'll include everything from the cleaning that needs to happen to the grocery shopping to the preparation, setting up tables, uh, giving the guest list to our gate because we live in a gated community, all the things that need to happen before people show up. And, and then I prioritize all those chores, and when our children were living at home and when Dave was alive, I'd, I'd give them, I'd distribute chores to them. And the expectation was that they would finish them in a timely manner and then help do the next chore. So, so invariably, especially in the old days, I'm much calmer about it now, what doesn't get done doesn't get done, Right. But back in the old days, um, we would invariably be running out of time. And, and if any of you came, I know many of you did, came to the um, celebration of Dave's life, you heard our daughter Gretchen telling about how he was a perfectionist and his attention to detail was, was very, very much a part of his character. So... Um, and she talked about how when he would dust, he'd dust with Q-tips and toothpicks and get in every nook and cranny. Well, when I'm getting ready for a party, I'm not interested in toothpick and Q-tip dusting. I want a quick vacuum, a quick dust, make it look presentable. They're not going to be looking in, their, in the corners and under the sofas. And if they are, well, that's really their problem. And, <laughs> and so, but Dave... Being Dave, he'd be getting out the vacuum attachments and something that should take 30 minutes would take three hours, right? And as the clock is ticking and I see things aren't being marked off my list, my level of um, impending doom uh, with regard to my list and my priorities, my panic would rise. And then I'd start barking at my family. You've got to hurry up. You know, I'm sure some of you are familiar with that sort of behavior. And invariably, the party went off. Everybody had a great time. Things were fun. But I would look back and think that was not the best version of myself as we were prepping, you know. 
serving with a joyful heart, serving with love and compassion. I wasn't necessarily exemplifying the kind of person I would like to be. So perhaps you can relate to me and you can relate to Martha from today's gospel reading. Just to be clear, I want you to recognize, hopefully, that historically Martha has gotten a bad rap, at least for some. Mary has been overly glorified. (laughs) Consider the context of today's story. Before Luke tells us the story of Martha and Mary in this little kind of uh, head-butting sister time, um, Luke tells the story of the Good Samaritan. If you remember that story, we had it last week. There's a guy that gets hurt on the road, gets beat up. He's left on the side of the road to die. Several religious leaders walk past him, going so far as to cross on the other side of the road so that they could more fully ignore him and not be in danger of being touched by him. And finally, a Samaritan man comes along, helps the man, gets him housed in a hotel, pays for food and lodging and helps get him bandaged up. And Jesus tells the expert in the law that's asking him all these questions, go and do likewise. Go and do. In other words, act. Martha-like behavior. Get stuff done. Do it. Don't just talk about it. And then after today's passage, the next section of Luke is the, is the section where Jesus teaches his disciples what we know as the Lord's Prayer. An action of being in God's presence. Mary-like behavior, if you will. Both doing and being. Our gospel reading bookended with the two with the Good Samaritan and the Lord's Prayer story seems to illustrate an important answer to the question Who has it right? Martha or Mary? The answer is neither and both. The answer is at least neither has completely embraced the totality of of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, while they are both exercising disciple-like behavior. Martha in her serving, Mary in her sitting and listening. Martha in her efforts to actively serve Jesus has failed to be with Jesus. Mary in sitting at Jesus' feet and listening has failed in not doing She didn't serve Jesus. Throughout his gospel account, Luke emphasizes both hearing and doing the word. In our fast-paced, often frenetic lives, as we juggle many conflicting commitments, it's easy to identify with Martha, who was worried and distracted by many things. The source of her failure in quite often ours is not the tasks per se, but the fact that they take over our lives and become ends in themselves. We can find ourselves longing for a more contemplative life when the tasks that we assign ourselves overrun us. 
On the other hand, we can swing the opposite way, emulating Mary at the expense of Martha, always choosing study over house cleaning, praying without balancing our prayers by doing the work of the gospel. Between Martha and Mary, you probably know whom you tend to emulate more often. As for me, I want to tap into Mary sitting at Jesus' feet and listening. I'd like to do that a little bit more without losing the service part of me, which is the Martha tendency. Over many years, and I mean many, of struggling with my Martha tendencies, I have come to know that what is really needed, what Jesus is trying to teach us all through this passage and others, is balance. If we censure Martha too harshly, she may abandon serving altogether. And if we commend Mary too profusely, she may sit there forever. There is a time to go and do. There is a time to listen and reflect. Knowing which and when is a matter of spiritual discernment. If we were to ask Jesus which example applies to us, the Samaritan or Mary, his answer would probably be yes. So the task of spiritual discernment in seeking a more balanced life falls to us and is guided by the Holy Spirit. My most recent revelation of my struggle for balance a la Martha and Mary came while reflecting with my spiritual director a couple of weeks ago. I was sharing with him a struggle that I have had recently with a friend who has made a decision that I have discerned spiritually is probably not the best choice. We were talking about spiritual discernment and my struggle with staying in discernment rather than moving into judgment. That Martha place of becoming worried and distracted by many things. As we talked, we decided that there's a pretty simple diagnostic that I can employ, which I want to share with you, that might help when I tend to drift into an unbalanced Martha or an unbalanced Mary. The diagnostic is basically this. In my case, when I become aware of a shift from discernment to judging or being worried and distracted by many things, I also notice that my heart attitude changes. If I am simply discerning, noticing what God is saying to me, what God's pointing out to me in my prayer and and time of openness, my heart remains open. I feel expansive. I feel encouraging. I I feel supportive and loving, celebrating another's or my own successes, abiding in all that is life-giving. That's staying in the open place of discernment. If I shift, however, to judgment, I'm working from a spiritual mindset that's closed, making someone or myself smaller, operating from a place perhaps of jealousy, envy, and a self-centeredness. Why me? 
or why not me, I might ask myself, definitely being less than the person God has created me to be. This shift shuts down the movement and flow of grace via the Holy Spirit and just plain feels bad. When we recognize a shift from openness and expansiveness, a confined, closed heart, I think of Scrooge when I think of that, you know, his miserly ways hunched over his money, because that's spiritually how it feels. We can turn around, we can repent, and return to our better God-created selves. The result is a greater sense of well-being and open-heartedness that is life-giving. Whenever we feel like we're closing in ourselves and, and that life is being stolen from us and we lose that sense of abundance, that's a clue, as Inspector Clouseau would say, that we need to turn around. We need to repent and return to that open, ready and waiting human being for God's spirit to move. We are to both do and be, embracing the balance that is the best of Martha and the best of Mary. It's easy to get out of balance. I do it all the time. And I might add, it's really easy to descend into despair, bemoaning my utter failure to be my best self, the person God's created me to be. Jesus' gentle rebuke in our story today of Martha is a reminder to me that God is much less condemning of me than I am of myself. The truth, the truth is that Jesus is always ready to gently receive my return to life, lavishing grace and forgiveness for my many out-of-balance moments I'm quite sure I am way harder on myself than God is. The challenge for all of us remains in finding the balance to love God and neighbor with active service and patient attention to God's word through prayer and study. As we grow in spiritual discernment, our shifts from abundant life-giving action and prayer to life-stealing behaviors will diminish. Let's pray. God, we cannot change everyone else, but we ask you to change us. Live your goodness through us. Break our hearts with the things that break your heart. Use us to bring life and peace to a broken world instead of more judgment, hatred, and anger. Amen.